Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Love podcast. Hey, nonsense. The Politics Show podcast. Oh, that was what? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's really weird. I don't like that. I bugged myself about thinking about it because I think it's what I object to. I only do it when there's just two of us. Yeah, I got the ache now. Why did you stop? Like. Suddenly. Because I I lost confidence in it. And it feels odd just applauding yourself, basically. Right. I think. Okay. Well we've got we've got a bit of a skeleton team, haven't we? Skeleton team. It's absolutely fucking skeleton crew only it's on good me, shit Poljo. Me, you and Shawnee. Yep. Is there anyone else here, Shawnee? Oh, sorry, and Finn. Finn and Finn. First on Paul shout out for Finn, I think. Yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, everyone else quit, unfortunately. <laughs> he's panicking because he's like, I'm meant to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Eva, how are you? So tired. Yeah. Just done. I'm ready to... I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big impression I've got today from Eva, is that she would really rather not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? I'm fine. Yeah, I was in Scotland over the weekend, which was lovely. And then... What was the best thing that you did in Scotland? I had a massage. From who? From um, it was at my girlfriend's aunt's seventieth, and as part of the celebration, <laughs> I'm not. Don't whatever you think, whatever joke you're going to do, please. <laughs> and then as a treat, um, the family <laughs> arranged for people to have massages together. No, separately. It would be nice. Well, Ed, it's time for your massage now. Okay, Auntie Jill. <laughs> no. No, it was a man called Sergey. Sergey. Yeah, he's very good. What is that like? Your girlfriend's mother's aunt's new boyfriend? <laughs> oh, he's a professional masseuse <laughs> based in Edinburgh. I'm sure if you Google Sergey Edinburgh massage, it will come up. Yeah, I bet it will. Oh, I would give him a proper shout out, but I didn't. Don't know what company he works for, or his name beyond Sergey. Sergey Sergey Massaging Limited, I think is it. <laughs> I'm sure the SEO on that is brilliant. 
Do you know what I always find really nice about Soho when you're out and about? Speaking of massages. Yeah, is that sometimes you'll be out having a cigarette, well, outside like a pub or whatever, and then you'll look over and then there'll be like one of those massage places. And you'll be like, it's so mad to me that people are still like soliciting sex here. Yeah. Like, you, you know. With the advent of like, don't know. Well, advent, we are in advent. Obviously, oh, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> with the advent of like, you know, all the things that enhance sex or I suppose like online probably an online booking system something like that you think people would have evolved past the need to go into a massage well what do you think they could book it what they could do at home like Deliveroo yeah probably yeah almost definitely you can do that Mm. but if you're the sex worker you're probably a lot safer or you feel a lot safer if you're in a massage parlour than if you're going to someone's house right because in someone's house you don't know the but it's it's the fact it's like there's even the front of the massage parlour yeah, and it, it has like pictures of like massages. Uh-huh. Being like, you're you from my aromatherapy. And there's like men, men coming out at one in the morning and they're like, Whoo! <laughs> I am relaxed. Yeah. That, That's taken a weight off my shoulder. You really aligned your chakras there, did you? Exactly. Ava, we're here to talk, to talk today about two girl bosses. You're <laughs> funny. Okay. We're talking to absolute powerhouses of feminism yeah at breaking the glass ceiling leaning in all the feminist tropes mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Miriam Cates and Michelle Moon and their girl boss attitudes <laughs> which feminist icon would you like to talk about first um, I'd like to talk about the one who really smashed the glass ceiling and she did this because she's a businesswoman in her own right true but all of the business money is in her husband's name, so she doesn't have any access to it. It's actually... <laughs> so, I don't know, if you haven't seen this, we're talking about Michelle Moan and her husband, Doug Barrowman, who had the worst fucking interview, well, probably since Prince Andrew with Laura Kinsberg yesterday. Kind of thing, if I was publicly shamed, I did There's no way I've seen them for an hour-long interview with anybody well i think that she felt compelled to do it because she's a girl boss she is a girl boss uh, and she really thinks that she's done nothing wrong <laughs> like do you know when they're, they're okay we've had a slew of tory ministers and we're going to talk about them on the next podcast that will be out on wednesday um but there's like a slew of tory ministers that will go out and uh, and say that they haven't done anything wrong and then two days later cave and be like i oh, actually really sorry i did do something wrong michelle moan is like i don't know what you're talking about but just because I took two hundred million pound from the government and now I'm being investigated by the National Crime Agency, it does not mean that I've done anything wrong. Uh, lying to the press, not a crime. No, like that. Like, like she. That's her metric of whether or not something's fine or not. Is yeah. Whether it breaches criminal limits. Everything else before that is actually fine. There's a difficult conundrum for some of the right wing media because. Her not wanting her like contempt for mainstream media, hot, mm-hmm. right? But she is a woman. But then her husband does have control of the money, apparently. See that? What? What do you? How is he? Is he depriving you of this money? I don't. I don't buy it. First of all, okay, but yes. I think she's kind of. Let, I let don't me, believe her. Let me just explain it to you really simply, because obviously you watched that interview and you didn't understand. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I say to you before everything. Right. So back in May of 2020. Yep. Um, PP Med Pro 
was contracted to supply it was contracted with 80.8 million pounds mm-hmm. to supply 210 million face masks yeah yep the second commission was for 122 million pounds to supply 25 million sterile surgical gowns yes all right now what has happened here is she's made 60 million pounds sorry pp medpro has made 60 million pound profit but that's not hers. No. And she'll only have access to that if her husband dies before her. <laughs> so. And her children will only have access to that when they both die and it goes through the estate. So if you could please. Please refrain. Please refrain from blaming, <laughs> from suggesting <laughs> that she has any access to this money when it's only in her husband's name. In her husband's name. And she's trying to, she's going to fake his death. Yeah. Well, whoa. Uh, no. Whoa. <laughs> not whoa. Not fake is that. She doesn't need kill to. him. She doesn't need to. <laughs> she doesn't need to. Um, I, I, I like that. Will be like they just it came across so badly. Mm. Being like, I'm a business guy. I don't understand Parliament. Yeah. What? 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 Do you know? So are you thick? What is that? What you're saying? What I quite like about it is so what they what they kind of did was like. A little bit of insider trading. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah. Is that illegal? <laughs> is it? Anyway. <laughs> is it illegal? So, also an important part of this story is the £122 million that was given to them to supply 25 million sterile surgical gowns. <laughs> PP Medpro supplied non-sterile <laughs> gowns that were not fit for surgery. <laughs> and look, I think they got the brief. Clo- they were close on the brief. <laughs> because hey. instead of sterile, they gave non-sterile. And like that's similar. You know, it's got you know, the same word in it. You know when you do maths at school and come back and you'd get credit even if it, like the carried error. You yeah. get one mistake like halfway through the sum and then carried error, you get three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. That's cl- close. Yeah. Maybe not 60 million pounds profit. Maybe like three out of five. That'd be... Maths would be about 37 and a half grand. No, there's and a half million pounds. Yeah, um, it, and you've just got yourself a GCSE maths. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think I did my kind error. See, the, um, do you think how... What, what I thought was bizarre was, or just contemptible, mm-hmm. was... Out of all of this? No, the whole thing obviously is contemptible. <laughs> but that's the point of making, being like, I turned to Doug and said, we can really help at the beginning of the thing. No, what you said was, we can make a shit ton of cash. You weren't there, from there. You weren't there. Obviously. <laughs> obviously, what they've done here is taken the taxpayer's money mm-hmm. and they have taken a profit from it. So if you can't see that that is helpful for the taxpayer, your eyes and ears are closed. It's also as well, I think, <laughs> what is... It doesn't even enter their heads, or I don't think even Laura Kinsberg really touched on this, was that they didn't necessarily need to make a profit on it at all. They, they, yeah. They, they could, why didn't they just, I don't know. Or feed that back into the NHS. Yes, or, or, or see if this was genuinely, if this was genuinely from the goodness of their own hearts, which I don't think anyone thinks at all. They could have put the money into like back into the NHS. They could have done a Captain Tom of it. Or what they could have done was actually supplies sterile gowns. So you know when yes, also that they could have have changed. You know when they supplied those gowns, 
and they weren't adequate. They could have gone, oh, well, we made £60 million profit here, so we're going to reinvest that money and bring you sterile gowns. That's what we'll do. Yeah. But she's furious today. So, like, you know, look, if I'm hypothetically Michelle Moan's lawyer, I'm, like, briefing her to keep talking because the more that she talks, the better it all gets for her, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know about you, but over the last couple of days, I've really come around to her way of thinking. They're calling her the people's princess. They, well, they are. and the Baroness, I suppose. But, you know, what I quite liked is that the yacht was not hers. So do you remember when she posted that yacht photo? And she was like, the caption of that was great. Yeah, the caption was like, oh, it's hard being in business. But sometimes it pays. Yeah. And now she's saying that the boat isn't even hers. So I'm like, oh my God. So either you, it is your boat mm. and it's like, what the hell? Or you rented that boat for clout, and that's even more embarrassing. Right, that's right. like going back to your school reunion and going to Enterprise and like renting a car to pretend that you've you're really wealthy. Like, come on, it's fine. Why are you renting at Enterprise to pretend you're really wealthy? Enterprise have quite a uh, quite a wide range, I imagine. <laughs> He's spoke person. No, I'm not. I'm well, I'm absolutely not. Um. Anyway, so she is all she's she got community noted yesterday. That's so good. <laughs> so firstly, she got community noted. Where it said, you know, explain Michelle Moan helped PP and Medpro secure a £122 million contract to supply hospital gowns later deemed defective, not sterile, and unsuitable for the NHS. She quoted it, this community note is biased and factually incorrect. That also got community noted. Uh, the community note cited is factually correct, as the items supplied were deemed not fit for purpose. Now she's going after Michael Gove. She's tweeted, Michael Gove and Sir Chris Warmold approved the purchase of five years of supply of PPE when the remit was to build up only four months. They oversaw huge waste in PPE contracts. They have both had questions to answer for a very long time. So does she. Yeah, so does she. The big question being, if you're aware that you were supplying five years worth of PPE mm. that wasn't needed, why didn't you raise that at any point? Because she's a businesswoman. Sorry. She was You're right. The thing about being a businesswoman is is if you're given business, you can't turn it down. Right. That because the customer's always right. The customer is always right. Who is the customer in this, by the way? The government. They're the customer. I think so. So they're the facilitator and the customer. You know what's mad? Did they ever think to go to like a company that already has a factory that makes things like this? Like I'm sure that was the first thing they did. <laughs> No, because do you remember when Dyson offered to make the ventilators? Mm. And we were like, that makes sense because it's, it, you know, Dyson builds things that sucks. I'm sure it can build things that blow. And <laughs> that makes, you know, it's obviously, it's across the whole. Sucking and blowing. It's across the sucking and blowing. Thing. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> right now we're all up to speed. <laughs> but what, what business did they have with a. Uh, with creating hospital gowns. I suppose, I, I hate, to, I'm going to be fair to Michelle Moan, mm -hmm. I suppose. Her background is in textiles and manufacturing. And she built them, um, Ultimo, that bra brand, that was that was hers. So she does have that bit, that a bit of background in manufacturing clothes. You know the gowns aren't like clothes. The gowns are like <laughs> no, I know, disposable. But... Okay, yeah, I suppose. Okay, so no credit to Michelle Bowen. And like on the, like, okay, so say she, she creates like underwear, like she creates a bra. Mm -hmm. That's like saying like, I 
I can make a paper aeroplane, now I can build a house. Like, they're just... Well, it would give you a good start. We have to start from somewhere. <laughs> Dream big. I think this is the problem, is that people are trying to do down her Thatcherite entrepreneurial spirit. Who says she can't build PPE? Who says she couldn't have stopped the pandemic? Well, she couldn't provide clean PPE. That was the biggest part of it. <laughs> I wonder how unsterile it was. It just like, turned up like covered in feces. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think this matters? No. Yeah. No, no they'll take it. This is fine. They'll take it. Yeah. Someone, I was on the train back down from Glasgow this morning and I was watching the interview on my phone and the train guard whatever stopped me, looked at it and just was like, I hate her. Oh. Hate her. Was, I think it's had some, it's kind of done, if people are approaching strangers in the street, on a train to discuss it. Cut through, hey? Huge cut through it, Michelle Mullen. There is, I, I just think there's this huge looming question about that £60 million. Pounds. That right. should surely, if you had any conscience, that should surely come back into the public purse, shouldn't it? Why did you get to cream off the top of it? I yeah, really don't theory. understand that. It's prof theory. Am I missing something really fucking obvious here? Like, no, 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 you're not. Like, As in that's, that's, what is, that's what the funniest thing is, that everyone agrees this is a vile thing to do and profiteering and completely immoral. It's just Michelle and Doug that seemed to think that it was in any way appropriate. And mm. the reason they think it was appropriate is because they got filthy fucking rich off of it. So let's go through this a little bit. So in December 2020, The Guardian revealed that MedPro's contracts were processed via the government's VIP lane, right? Mm-hmm. So they start, they start reporting that there has been a, a VIP lane, which has basically been friends of cabinet ministers have been texting and that's how they have been fast-tracked through the procurement process. So rather than contracts going out to tender, they've instead just been allocated. Now, at this point in time, you could make a reasonable argument here that you needed PPE pretty quickly and it would make sense to just go for the quickest option possible Mm. because if everything is not for profit, it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. Anyway, (laughs) a year later... Um, the government made public which companies were awarded contracts via the VIP lane. The list revealed that Moan did introduce PPE MedPro to her fellow Tory peer and then Minister Lord Agnew. But this is when Moan starts to get a little bit up. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Set. So then throughout 2022, She's denying it to the press, but she's not doing it personally. A lawyer is sending, well... Threats. Threats. Yeah, they are threats. Um, Is it Jim Pickard, wasn't it, at the FT? I think so. Who was receiving a couple of these threats. Basically, it was like, publish it and we'll uh, 
sue you to the ground. Yeah. And what she, her, uh, her excuse for that is, is that, um, oh, sorry. So at the end of the de- December, um, so sorry, as the year's going on, November, she's starting to realize, oh, maybe I have to come clean about this. And her lawyers are now saying like, our client doesn't have to reveal whether she had anything to do with this or not. By December, she takes a leave of absence from the House of Lords with immediate effect in order to clear her name of the allegations that have been unjustly levelled against her. That's what her spokesperson said. November 2023, she admits, she acknowledges, they were in fact involved with the company. And now December, we're basically just playing off the line that um, she couldn't tell the press because her family would have been in danger. Yes, that's what I was like, I'm trying to protect my family. Yeah. Which is whatever. Because our her children, her children will stand to benefit from it as well. So I think does she not agree that they maybe that should have some scrutiny over it? That like random people who people who aren't even parliamentarians, not that I'm, that makes, not that even makes obviously only parliamentarians to, stand to benefit from the tax payout. <laughs> but as in like you just you, by, through acts of no birth you stand to. I think this is like, this is such an obvious. So like, what, what is she going to pay inheritance tax on the PP <laughs> Medpro like, money? She wasn't rich as the other man. Oh, so she, no, no inheritance yeah. tax on that then. So, Gosh, she's got a good accountant. <laughs> this, is sick. this guy really knows what he's doing. Yeah, Ugh. I'm trying to understand like why she felt that she couldn't speak to the press or didn't have to speak to the press, and I'm wondering if in some way it's linked to sort of like or whether it's a symptom of. Sorry, not to get all FBPA, but like the the um, the the plethora, the many many lies that were told by the Boris Johnson administration to the press at the time. I mean, and that perhaps there was a culture created that was just freewheeling. I I think it's maybe a separate thing because I doubt she she's not in, she's not in the Johnson circle or was really involved in the government at that time. But I think it speaks to elite contempt for being able to account in general. Like she's a multi millionaire girl boss. That's how she, that's how she thinks of herself. That's how she would like to be she views herself as she came from um a working class background and has become a multi millionaire. She's in the House of Lords. That's how she thinks her her story should be told at every opportunity. I think it's that's fine, you can have that story. But I think I think she, she thinks that should preclude all other discussion of anything she's ever done. Yeah. She gets carte blanche to do whatever she wants because she was the girl from the East End of Glasgow who made good. So what the argument is, there are people out there who are on universal credit mm-hmm. and she, all she's doing is taking £200 million off the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah. So who's the enemy here, really? Mm. And also those people could also have £200 million if they just like lent in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think we could make? What, to sell to the government? Yeah. Um, we could have done disinformation. I mean, no. like, um, and we'll be like, we'll stop if you give us a hundred million pounds. Yeah, maybe that's something like the, the anti-vaxxers didn't really think about, like the business opportunities. Being like, well, we'll tell the government if if you give us enough money, we'll stop. Like black, like blackmailing them into. Maybe we should have just done their socials. Maybe. Do you remember how big like Wayne Lasagna win? Yeah. Do you think that was an attempt to be like? Do you think the Wembley lasagna was a distraction from the Michelle Moan Medpro PPE company? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I think I think that person had a Scottish accent as well. So, so what? What? The, so you know the 122 million. Okay, so the Wembley lasagna. In case you're not familiar, is that they basically you they, get familiar. They built okay. They built lasagna in Wembley Stadium, <laughs> right? And it was to feed everyone during the pandemic, and it was great. But you see what happened with all the hospital gowns that were meant to come into the NHS from PPE MedPro. You know, like when you get lasagna from the shop, like mm-hmm. from the microwave, and it's got a little film over the top of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they used all the hospital gowns that <laughs> Michelle Moan created, and they made this, like, plastic film over the top of Wembley Stadium. And then, you know, like, you prick, like, three yeah, holes yeah. in it or whatever, and then the sun cooked the lasagna. So, anyway, then she goes and takes these hospital gowns down to the NHS, and they're like, you can't use these. These are covered in cheese. <laughs> this has got bechamel on it. Why well, you can't use sterile. <laughs> it's absolutely are not sterile. Oh, and the lasagna's gone off too. Not another one. It's the Joe Politics Podcast. I want to briefly talk about the se- the Senate room thing. I bet you do. If you haven't seen, this is, I think it's just funny. Essentially, a congressional staffer in the US has been accused of making a sex tape in a room at the <laughs> Ed wouldn't let me watch it in the office earlier. Because it's porn. I can't. Right, but it's for research. Well, I think, I don't know. I don't think you should watch Barnet Work. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'll wait till I get home. I'm in the privacy of my own bedroom. Thank what you. do you mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Oh, I, I don't know. Drawing the curtains so I can watch the Senate video. Yeah. And then text you. Oh, that's <laughs> great, that. <laughs> what the? I think it's very funny. I just think it's... He's claiming homophobia now, right? Uh, so, first of all, the guy in question denies it. But also, he claims he's being persecuted for who he loves, for, for being with, quote, who he loves, which is in relation to sexuality. And it must be said, this uh, these allegations did come from, like, right-wing sources. So perhaps there's an element of homophobia in the allegations. But I don't think it's homophobic to say you shouldn't have sex in the Senate. I'm really with you there. I'm like, if you wanted to prevent this, I probably wouldn't have sex in the Senate. And filmed it. <laughs> and filmed it. Yeah. So, I think that's maybe the main issue is... That would be like you having sex in Hollywood and filming it. Oh, well, yeah, it would be. And then, like, Douglas Ross releasing the tape. Him behind the desk. Peering up. Ed's, like... Ed's back on the podcast, like, it was a homophobic <laughs> attack. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. This is an attack on who I am as a person. Fellas. Is it illegal uh, to have sex over the First Minister's Bella's, desk? Bella's, is it gay if I have sex with a man in Hollywood? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so either. Um, Unless you want it to be. Okay. So that's something, something I think it's objective. Oh, let us know what you all think. Um, should people be allowed to have sex in the House of Commons? Pe- a lot of people do have sex in the House of Commons. But I suppose they're not filming it. Well, maybe they are. We don't know that. We just haven't no, seen the, we haven't haven't seen seen tapes. It. I think they are filming it. Yeah. Um, there was Cleo Watson, who was at one point Boris Johnson's advisor, wrote a really salacious book that came out earlier this year detailing like... A novel, it must be said. It was a novel. Sorry, it was a novel. Um, and there was lots of sex scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of, in, in a lot of these sex scenes, like one of the people would be like working still so they'd be like emailing and then there'd be a sexual act going on um and she said it had nothing to do with 
parliament just just came to her. <laughs> but like, I don't know, guys. There's a lot going on in those House of Commons. Yeah, and they are a law unto themselves. They are a law unto themselves. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were banging away. There, oh god, we can't even get into that. Do you know what I really wish that you could do? I wish there wasn't like libel laws. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'd just love to tell you, I'd love to tell you that maybe yeah. if you see me or Ed one time ask, out and about, ask just us ask something. us. Ask, ask us what us. the most libelous thing we know is. Um, uh, look, I won't tell you. But I'll tell you. Uh, we won't tell you. Yeah, we won't tell you. But, you know, Miriam Cates. Miriam Cates. Back to uh, the girl bosses episode. What 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 is your most girl boss thing about Miriam Cates? Um, that she's a feminist icon. Yeah. And campaigning for women to stay at home. I thought that you were going to pick her being one of the five families because you loved the five families. I did love the five families. So she, she's a co-chair of the New Conservatives, mm. like, which is her and Danny Kruger. Yeah. And all like, the other big movers and shakers. It's like NatCon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National Conservatism stuff so she's been placed under investigation yeah why is that Ava well we don't know it's by the parliament standards watchdog according to the watchdog she's caused significant damage to the reputation of the house as a whole or of its members generally so that's what the commissioner has said mm. but because because it's open because the, the inquiry is open we're not allowed to know what it's over do you think she was no, no, don't, don't, don't make an assumption because now we're trying. Do you think she's having sex in those comments? No, no, I don't. <laughs> you are so stressful. Um, he's only stressful because of legality. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so 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 this is Daniel Greenberg. He'll he's a standards commissioner. He'll investigate it, and then if once it's concluded, um, it'll go up to um, it'll it'll then be moved on and then a, a, an adequate punishment will be able to be decided. And that's when you can get into the like suspension era and like, will they mm. be expelled or not? But it also means that they might not even, she, she might not have done anything wrong at all. It might have just been referred to the Standards Commissioner yeah. and the Standards Commissioner might clear her altogether. What is the scope of what she could have done? Then aren't, okay, I could, but am I not getting into... Um, Sorry, I mean like, not her specifically, I mean, what are the parameters for investigation for any MP I suppose that's what I'm asking okay so well so okay so it could be anything from not reporting a gift on the register of ministerial interests or it could sorry on the gifts register of ministerial gifts Mm -hmm. or on the register of ministerial interests you might not have reported a particular job that you've been given um, that has a conflict with your current role so like for example if you were sitting on the defense select committee you would not be able to be also head of BAE systems. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be a conflict. Of that would be a conflict of interest. And it's something they should probably known before. Well, they, you just couldn't let them know. You just go in and you go, look, guys. Thing is, I'm I'm running this defence select committee, mm-hmm. and we're we're scrutinising the foreign sec. I've got a lot of time with him though, and um, I'm creating some good weapons here. Uh-huh. And I really so don't want you guys harshing my deal. No, and look, Michelle Moan would probably explain to them that you did nothing wrong because be, because all business is good business. And you went through your husband. So Absolutely. Matter. So you need to be married to a man. You've just got to smash the glass ceiling and be married to a man. And live on the Isle of Man. You have to live there. you just got to put your funds out there. Yeah, right? true. And you've got to have a good I account. I she does live there, to be fair to her. Does she? I'm being very fair to Michelle Moon. Because you really like her, don't you? She's great. Yeah. 
Um, one of my all-time favourite Baronesses. One of your all-time favourite Baronesses? Mm. Um, another person, so so, eight MPs are currently being investigated by the Standards Commissioner. You might remember Bernard Jenkin, uh, Tory MP, who sits on the Select Committee, the Standards Committee. Yep. Yeah? He was found to have been at a lockdown party. Oh, yeah. And he is being investigated for that because he was at the... Uh, well, that seems to be dragging on a bit. He was cleared, but he's being invest- he's now being investigated by the uh, by Parliament. Right, right. And um, he was one of the people who obviously uh, finished Boris Johnson and was like, "You've brought this house into yes. disrepute, and you absolutely should not have been partying during lockdown." And so Guido Fawkes and all that were like, "Ho, ho, ho! Look at the turntables." <laughs> yeah. See how- you massacred our boy, we're going to massacre yeah. you. Why are they all so shit, Ava? Why is there so much parliamentary misbehaviour, poor behaviour? They all seem like dickheads who can't play, behave properly. I was thinking about it earlier when I was reading The Eye because I was reading this MP who was talking about what the 70s used to be like mm. in the Commons and he was talking about how there was so much more drinking and it was a lot looser and whatever. Mm. And I think that maybe... There are people who are perhaps familiar with the culture more so than like uh, people who don't have like a birthright to getting into mm-hmm. the chamber, you know, like we're more familiar with it growing up or whatever, who still think that the 70s applies now. Mm-hmm. And so they're acting in the sort of salacious way. I don't know. I think like pretty profumo. How the existence of bad behavior and the over drinking and over familiarity and sexual misconduct it reaches kind of all corners of parliament kind of regardless of background and it just seems it, it seems absolutely astonishing that it would I mean it would even be better if they went back to the 70s and we're like fully like oh yeah no this is it we're just drinking all the time and we're behaving terribly instead of this like half arse like we're going to try and clean ourselves up well then they just don't fa- they just fail it was really the um, expenses scandal that screwed everything up <laughs> because it kind of blew open the um I guess it called for a level of transparency that a lot of people in Parliament didn't want. Yeah. And so they just had to give in to it. Well, like, Parliament was extremely opaque, wasn't it? Especially mm. before the Freedom of Information requests yeah. came in. And you actually couldn't, you you know, most of the information, like Michelle Moan, we wouldn't know anything about her nope. if it hadn't been for the Freedom of Information requests. When was that, 2001? Is that right? Oh, the act, sorry, yeah. The act came in? I didn't mean they submitted them to those in order. Oh, yeah. No, they no, didn't. No. Um, <laughs> You wouldn't know anything without that. And um, I guess Parliament has always been opaque. Mm -hmm. And there are many members of Parliament who predate that 2001 Freedom of Information and the Expenses scandal, got away with it during the Expenses scandal, and are like, why would I want to be transparent? Why do I need to be transparent? (laughs) My life rules. Yeah. Like this duck house. I've been doing the same thing for the past, you know, Uh 30 years, which is I... I come back to Parliament on a Tuesday at 12 o'clock. I vote mm-hmm. at 8pm Tuesday and I drink port the rest of the time. <laughs> and then I, I go home after PMQs on Wednesday. I'm, and then I collect my £89,000 check. I've been, I've developed a goat. Yeah. And I'm having 10 affairs. Yeah. 
And all I'm doing is, and I must turn up to that debate next week when uh, they want that universal credit uplift mm -hmm. because Adam, they can suck on my, you know. And I've written a very witty question for Prime Minister's questions as well. Oh, Prime Minister! Uh, uh, Prime Minister, can you tell me why you look so handsome today? Would you agree that we need to uh, refrain from the universal credit uplift because we need to subsidise the parliamentary canteen? <laughs> Prime Minister, we have not had grouse here in decades. <laughs> the Prime Minister commits to doing something about all comprehensively. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Educated staffers. <laughs> that there's going to be an influx over the next coming years. As Oxbridge becomes less privately educated, mm -hmm. there's going to be more and more state school educated staffers here in Parliament. And I can't, frankly, stand the stench. Prime Minister, should we use RAF jets to deport any foreign student who has made their way to Oxford University? <laughs> Prime Minister, I, I returned to the Bullington Club last week. And what did I find there? Someone from Spain. <laughs> Prime Minister, I found this piece of PPE on the ground and I've wiped my ass with it and now your government will not buy it from me. Nice. Was that good? I enjoyed that. That's good. I um, said about our improv session. Do you touch on briefly, we, talk, we talked about this this morning, mm. a pet peeve of ours. When people who work in Westminster tweet about their office stuff like it's news. Do I want to do a big reveal on that opinion? I should have really done it on like my uh, the last thing we did the drinking one. All right, my opinion. Okay. On this generally. This is being rolled back. This is like this is very Nadine Doris of me, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like I was like, oh, I don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> my opinion on this. I always find it. I think it's perfectly acceptable when you're moving jobs in journalism to say, oh, I I worked here and now I'm moving here mm -hmm. because it makes sense because a lot of people need to send you press releases and it's nice to put out your new email and just say contact me here. Is it? The scale, or like the, the what it, I find funny is when people go like, "Here's a few pieces of work I'm really proud of, and I'm moving jobs or whatever." They do like a fifteen you thread did tweet. Do this on the drinking episode? Did I? Yes. Shit. <laughs> anyway, I just find it funny. Was... If you work in any other job, any other sector, you would not do that. No, I just I don't know. I think that's nice. Actually, that's actually, actually not what I meant. Okay, well, you wanted to talk about what's for Parliament for lunch in Parliament? Yeah, or when people do like. Canapes. Thanks for the sweets, Lib Dems. It's real, like, Facebook status tweeting. 
and it's you wouldn't do that if you weren't saying if like so if we talked about parliament the way that excuse me about our office the way that Westminster journalists talk about parliament I'd be tweeting well the coffee machine's broken well let's let's do that queues of angry queues of angry journalists outside coffee machines should we do another piece we could do another thing on that couldn't we another improv thing yeah go on breaking the meeting room is occupied so I can't go in the meeting room is occupied. Absolutely. What what does this mean for the five families? <laughs> they can't have. They're the ones meeting it. Really? Uh-huh. Sales. What what was sales and you know what? Sales of PPE. Customer service. We don't have that here, but yeah. <laughs> Joe, are you satisfied with Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you let us know, we'll uh, our complete team will be back to you in about five years. I've heard that sales had to meet in the Star Chamber, which is actually Gail's Bakery because uh-huh. the coffee machine was out of action. Absolutely. We have to pay for our coffees at the moment. Um, okay. Do you have anything else to say about Miriam Cates? No, I've got nothing to say at all. I actually do find um, Miriam Cates totally fascinating, you know? As a person. is it? How do you feel, mm. as a woman, in regards to her kind of... Um, cause I, 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 won't, I won't say it's anti-feminist, but it's like... Her women returned to the home. What, what when she said the declining birth rate in the UK was a result of cultural Marxism? Is that yeah, what you're asking? Actually, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, how does that make how does that make you feel? Um, I, I, I just think that is it's so ridiculous to me because she's only allowed to say that because she is a, a working MP, and she yes. Like, so it, it's just so farcical to me that you would say. Something like that, where yeah. you are not doing those things. Do you know, like, I mean, that, that a lot of the right-wing commentators have this as well. They'll have, like, huge platforms or columns or whatever, and they'll be talking about the declining birth rate and yeah. how women don't want to be housewives anymore. It's like, well, you're not a housewife. The whole point right. of feminism was that you, you were allowed to choose. Yeah. Would you like to work in the home or would you like to, to go to work? If Laura was here, she'd be talking all about the third shift. Yeah, she's very good at... Uh, how, how do you feel as a man when... Um, Miriam Cates laments the declining birth rate. Uh, so as a man, I do what I should do when any woman is discussing about femininity and feminism. I shut up and listen. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Positive Podcast. Um, thank you for joining me, Ava. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye.